that. So take out your Bibles. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Take out your Bibles this morning. Um, I'm going to do... Now, typically, what I typically would do uh, is I would take a scripture and... Uh, or I'll take a couple stories... That, or, or, excuse me, not stories, because the Bible is truth. It's a description of people and things that have happened. It's the Word of God. There's no stories. Like, when you're a little kid, do you remember hearing, like, hey, I want to tell you a story of a man, right, or a woman, and it's a story. It's not, it's not real. This is real God spoke to different people it's a description so there's things in the Bible we don't understand We're like man I, you know Pastor Jen I've been reading the Bible and it talks about this violence and it talks about, so it was a description of humankind and how God is intervening and trying to redeem us so when you look at the Bible you say well I can't believe that God would allow people to do that well because he gives us free will he allows us to do that and so the Bible is it's a narrative it's describing to us what's his love for us, his plan of salvation, and then how mankind has either rejected it, he's kind of accepting it, he's okay with it. And so when you look at the Bible, you can't read the Bible as a um, book just for you. It's a book written about people and it's for people. Does that make sense? Okay, so when you read the Bible, it's a narrative, it's a description of our history, but it's also God's commands, it's his directions, and it's life. Okay, and so this morning, what I want to do is I typically will take one or two scriptures. I know I throw a lot out there, but I'll, I'll work on one account in the Bible and I will walk through it. But today, what I want to do is because I know some of you don't like the concept of, uh, independence in the United States of America. I, I, again, I didn't choose where I was born. I didn't choose my race. I didn't choose my gender. God really kind of did that through my mom and dad. I'm honored to live in this country. I know there's a lot of great countries, but I'm glad that I, I live in this country and I'm glad that my father served in the U.S. Army I'm, I'm, and I, I love this country. I love all countries. This is not the greatest country. It needs a lot of help, but that's where the church is going to kick in. But I want to do this morning is this: is that we're going to say this that this is a free country. No other country can you complain about the government openly. Can you complain about your boss openly? Can you complain about the teacher openly? You can complain about your family openly. You can complain about the church openly. And uh, try that in Saudi Arabia. Let me know how that goes. Okay, try that in North Korea and let me know how that goes for you. Okay, so we have a lot of liberties in this country. There's a lot of issues, yeah, but there's a lot of liberties here. There's a lot of freedom that you and I have. Uh, but what I want to talk about is I'm just kind of using that as a springboard, okay? So here we go. Um, this was said over 200 years ago. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men or humans are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, who is God, with certain unalienable rights... And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Of these unalienable rights that God has given us is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so what I'll talk about is really life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness really only comes through Jesus Christ. Come on, amen. It comes through Jesus Christ. And so over 2,000 years ago... Um, there was a man named Jesus who was, who was the Savior. He suffered on the cross so not only that you could have liberty, but you could have eternal life and you could live in blessings. Okay? Now, over 200 years ago, uh, men and women came from different countries to, to receive freedom, to, to be delivered from bondage. And yes, there were still issues going on. There's still issues today. But of the, of the, of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, all of them suffered greatly. They were, they were harassed. Some of them were jailed. Some of them were tortured. Some of them were beaten. Uh, and so they paid a price for freedom. Men, men and women fought for freedom in this country. And so Jesus fought for you and I to have freedom. So we are, you hear me say this during the worship time, we are 
dependent on God. So we declare our dependence on Him. But this morning I want to read through some set of scriptures and I hope you're ready to go. And I want us to have some declaration of independence. Through Christ we're dependent on Him, right? Totally dependent on God. But we're declaring our independence from the world system, from sin, from the devil, and even just some things that we, you and I, fall into as a human Sure, I've been in the ministry over 31 years. I still have faults. I still go back to things that I shouldn't think about or I get worried about stuff. I fear things. I forget what God has said in His Bible. So this morning, I'm going to give you a shot of God's Word. Okay, and it's not just like, again, I'm not talking about one account. I'm going to go just through, I'm going to fire through some stuff and I pray that the Holy Spirit, whatever of the 45 things I speak about, just kidding, 21 of them maybe. Uh, but of them that I go through that we declare our independence from the world system. We declare our dependence upon God. And maybe God would refresh something in you. As I already said, the, the Bible is living. It's active. Uh, it's a description, but it's also a prescription of how to live, how to be free. And so, are you ready? Are you ready? So take the Word of God out and be ready to receive from the Word of God. I'm going to flip through these quick sometimes. I want you to take notes. Uh, but I want you to pray after me, okay? Would you pray after me? Would you pray? Say, Dear Lord. Come on, all of you. Dear Lord. Open my eyes and my heart and my spirit to your word that will be spoken here today. I receive the blessings and freedom and life that come by hearing. Come on, you fainting. Come on. Hearing. The Word of God. I receive true freedom. Today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, now you gotta be excited, cause I know some of you, like, it's funny listening to my family watch the World Cup. I'm outside, I'm riding my bike, or I'm doing something outside, and I can hear them screaming and shouting. I'm like, oh, that was good, right? So I run in, like yesterday, Sweden beat Germany. Woohoo! So I'm saying like, what? Well, I'm Swedish, Nelson, so of course I'm gonna, and I'm German too, but Nelson is, anyway, more high. I don't look like a Nelson because my mom was Korean. That's a whole other story. All right. Uh, so here it is. So some of you get more excited about your hobbies, your habits, your car, your finances, your sports, your books than we do about God and Jesus and his word. And it's alive. Come on. Amen. amen. Trying to pump you. Are you ready? Are you ready? The kids are screaming, yes, pastor, we're ready. So I'm all right, I'm moving on. So Galatians here, it's on your notes. Uh, it, it's not on your notes. It's, it's on the screen. Galatians 5.1. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. So, slavery is a bad thing. Would you agree? Okay, so before we were slaves to sin, we were slaves to the world system, Christ has now set you free. And he says, don't allow yourself to get burdened by it again. And as humans, we have a, sometimes we will fall back into something. We will go back to something because it was it, it was weirdly normal, whatever wrong it was, but we will fall back into it. Or, you know, we get discouraged. I get discouraged. You get discouraged. We go through life and like, man, I, and we fall back into something. And God is saying, hey, I've set you free from that. You don't need to go back there anymore. I've delivered you from that. I'm helping you. So I'm going to throw some scriptures at you, okay? So here it is. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Luke 4, 18 to 19. We know this one. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus spoke this. 
because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the, the year of the Lord's favor. So again, Christ came to set us free from the world system, to give us salvation, to give us life. Amen? Second Corinthians 3.17, it says, Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so I want you to live in this freedom, okay? So here's what, are you ready? Look what the freedom of Jesus Christ does. Here we go. It says this. Look what the freedom uh, freedom Jesus brings. The first thing is this, and this is a good thing for all of us because we all make mistakes, is number one is I am free from failure. I am free from failure. Do I have it? If you can go to the slide, number one, I am free from failure. Okay, I'm free from failure. And I know the scripture gets uh, misused, but Philippians 14, 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, this isn't a good term. This doesn't mean I can be, I can be the best criminal in the world. I can be the best cheater. That's not what this means. It means I can do all things that Christ has called me to do. Okay, we typically will, someone will take this scripture, and I love it when someone misquotes it and uses it, so I can be the best gangster, or I can be the best, you know, that's not what it means. It's I can be the best that God has called me to be. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Amen? Okay, so it says, um, Couple things you hear me say about if you're here for a long time. The, the world system and the enemy of our souls are constantly trying to beat us down. Constantly either trying to make us like them, believe like them, or to tell us we are nobody, we're nothing. God is not that way. Come on, if you read the Bible, He is holy, He is just, He deals with us, but God does not beat you down, God sets you free. This is the whole narrative of the Bible. You, again, you see through the Bible, the children of Israel were in bondage. He came to set them free. Okay? Throughout the Bible, it comes to set us free. Jesus comes to set us free. So the Bible and God do not restrict us, but it brings us liberty. Okay? Jeremiah, and I know this is a, this scripture gets uh, misquoted too. We all quote it, we all know it. Jeremiah 20, uh, 29, 11, 12, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. So here God is, He's warning the children of Israel uh, because they're about they're they're going to get into bondage. They're going to be in seventy years in captivity, and he's saying, "But my plans are for not to harm you, but because you disobeyed, I'm you have to go there. But I'm going to give you a good plan. You see this? So this is what happens. You and I, for us to receive the promises of God, we must receive Jesus as our Savior. Again, as you look through the scriptures, you look what Jesus did through twelve disciples. You look what Gideon did with 300 soldiers. Uh, you looked at what God did with a teenage shepherd who defeated a giant. Uh, if you think about King Josiah, he was eight years old when he became the king of Judah, okay? Uh, and so God can do anything through people that submit to him. And then, of course, we look at what happened when 120 believers waited for the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost came, they went out, and the church just grew. All right, so number one is, I'm free from failure because God is for me. You gotta say that, right? I mean, we all fail. We all make mistakes. Number two is this. I am free from want. Okay, now, free from want. Well, there's a difference between want and need. Philippians 4.19, For my God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory in Christ. So, so there's a difference between want and need. Correct? Come on. Yes. But here's the good thing. So God wants to supply your needs. He, he, he definitely wants you to call on Him. But He also likes to supply sometimes your wants. 
Okay, again, if it's your want's illegal, it's if it's wrong, he's not going to want to do that. But if your want is good to take care of you, your family, your church, the nation, the nation of the world, he may bless that. So I, I've made this, uh, I've talked about this before. Pastor, uh, Pastor Cho, Youngie Cho, he, he is a pastor, I don't know if he still pastors exactly. He pastored at one time the largest church in the world. And that church is in, in Korea, okay, has multiple congregations. He keeps giving more congregations out. But he's a prayer warrior. And what he said was, uh, early on in his ministry, he was asking God for a chair, a table, and a bike. Is that simple? A chair, a table, and a bike. That's all he wanted. He was young. He was single at the time. He, and he was pastoring. And he said, Lord, I need, a, I need a chair, I need a table, and I need a bike. And so he's praying for months and nothing ever happened. Nothing received. Nothing came out. And he asked God, why... God, did you not answer it? And he says, because you've not asked me specifically, what kind of table do you want? What kind of chair do you want? What kind of bike do you want? So in his prayer life, he began to realize, okay, I need to be specific. God wants to meet my needs, but be specific, right? No? All right, yes, be specific, okay? So God will supply your needs. Think about that. Pray specifically. The third thing, the third thing, this is where the devil likes to beat us all down on, is fear. I am free from fear. I am free from fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The devil would love for us to live in fear. I mean, we live in fear. The world system tells us to live in fear. At any moment, the the economy could crash. At any moment, there could be an avian flu, a pig flu. At any moment, there could be some tragic thing. And And so we're always under this fear. And that's what the devil wants. Come on, right? You're going to fear this. I'm going to lose my health. I'll lose my family. I'll lose my job. I'm going to lose my mind. You've already lost your mind, so stop fearing about that. Come on, amen? So just give your mind to God. So stop living in fear, for God is not against us. He's for us, amen? Fear is a tool of the enemy of our souls, uh, and he tricks us to fear many... In fact, and you know, you've know, you heard me say, the church in America, we, we want so much to be safe that we fear stepping out in God. This church, we're fearful of stepping out. Oh, that didn't go very well, so let's move on. So yeah, we need to step out to see your family saved, your neighbor saved, your coworker saved, your boss saved, your enemy saved. We need to step out and stop living in fear. What if they reject me? What if they accept you? That's good preaching. That's okay. Well, what if this fails? What if you succeed? You've got to step out. So we got to stop living in fear. Jesus came to free us from fear. The fourth thing, I'm moving on because I know that annoyed some of you. The fourth thing, I am free from doubt. We all doubt, right? Every person doubts. Um, God, uh, Romans 12, 3, God has not given to every man. He's given us a measure of faith. Now think about this. This is an area I got to keep reminding myself over and over because as a human, I get worried about things. I forget about God's power. Listen to this. If God created the universe in six days, that's a big deal, right? Some of you, ah, no, that's nothing. I see the Avengers destroy the earth and make it. That's a TV. That's fake. Computer generated, okay? So God created everything that we know uh, in six days. And of course, on the seventh day, he rested. So think about it. If God can create all of that, can he not take care of us? But how many times, like, and I'm going to personally, Pastor Stan forgets about that. Oh, the God of creation. But Lord, you can't take care of that. I, this is, Lord, this is tough. And he's like, but I can take care of that. You don't need to doubt me. You need to trust me. So this is where an area where you and I need to see, you know what, God, I need to trust you. I don't need to doubt because you've given me a measure of faith. You've put into me your love. You've put into me your power. And so, again, if God can create the universe in six days, surely he can do small things in our lives. Or big things too, right? 
However, it has to be connected to us having faith in Him. Not faith in faith, not faith in a formula, but faith in Him. And here it is, Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. We just have to say, God, help me. We saw the account where the father had did not have faith in God and he said, God, help me with my lack of faith. Heal my son, heal my daughter. So we need to come to God in the same thing. Amen? Number five. Number five, I am free from weakness. For the Lord is the strength of my life. Psalm 27.1 Our strength and energy run out. Red Bull can only carry you so far. Besides into the ER. Having a heart attack, young man, young lady. Pastor stands giving you the health tip. You sh- thou shalt not live on Red Bull. It will kill you. I don't care how young you are. Oh, Pastor Stan, you're just an old man. What do you know? Well, I'm an old man and I don't need that stuff. I do drink some coffee. Yes, uh, but you don't need that junk, okay? So, uh, but as I'm getting older, I realize I'm losing strength. I'm losing energy, but God is always there. He's always able to give me strength. He's always able to give me power. And we can be renewed in His power. And Ephesians says, of course, 6.10 says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen? So it, it, let's do that. Number six, are you ready? This is a big one. I know if you're in a Pentecostal charismatic church, we got to mention this, but this is biblical. Number six is, I am free from the power of Satan. Amen. I got a couple of you. That should be like, yeah, something. Well, I, yeah. Amen. Jesus sets us free from the work of the enemy of our souls. First John 4, 4. For greater is he that is in me, that's Jesus, than he that is in the world. That's the enemy of our souls. And again, you need to read John 10, 10. The Bible come, the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give us life abundantly. So you need to realize this. Okay, I'm a child of God. I've been set free. I've been delivered from that lifestyle. I've been delivered from that bondage the devil had on me. The Bible says that Jesus nailed to the cross my sin, my shame, the legal notice that the devil had on me, and now I'm free from that, okay? So say I'm free. In Jesus Christ, okay? And Jesus is greater than Satan. God, listen, I know some of you know this, but I have to remind you, God created Satan. Satan is an angel. Satan is not a God. The world tells you, oh, he's just as powerful. And no, he's not. He is, he is let loose right now for a time and he is gonna pay. But Satan is not a God. And Colossians 2, 9 and 10, Jesus gives us authority over the enemy of our souls, over Satan. Colossians 2, 9 and 10, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity or God's power lives in bodily form. And you, who's you? Me, us. You have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority every power and authority Satan is a spiritual power that he should not be taken lightly but God has said this all deity's power all my power is on Jesus Christ and you are in Jesus Christ right so if therefore if you're in Jesus Christ you are over Satan but the devil will lie to you, just like he lied to Adam. He will lie to us and say, no, you're this and that. Say, no, I'm a child of God. And you need to quote Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Amen? Number seven, this is important. I am free from defeat. For God always caused me to triumph in Christ Jesus. I am free from defeat. With Christ, listen, we are God's chosen people. You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble. You're going to have things that set you back. You're going to have defeat, but you don't have to be defeated in that. 
Come on. So there's, there's a difference between living in defeat and there's a difference between learning from defeat. When you live in defeat, you say, I'm a loser. I'm never going to get by. This church is never going anywhere. This nation is never going anywhere. My, my people are never going anywhere. That's defeated. Now, you say, okay, we made a mistake there. That was a bad decision. I, I did that and it did not work. That's a defeat. But through Christ Jesus, I can be victorious. You should be like shouting, amen. Amen. All right, so through Jesus... You are free from defeat. Again, doesn't mean you're never going to fail. Doesn't mean you're not going to be defeated. But it does mean, okay, I can overcome defeat because Christ is for me. Come on, amen. And you are a chosen person. You're going to go through tough times. You look at Moses. You look at Job. You look at Joseph. We talked about that in Sunday school. I mean, Joseph, he could have thrown up his hands. My family failed me. Uh, this, the, I, I was, thrown into prison unfairly. He could have said, this is not fair, but he said, you know what, this is not fair, but I am a child of God. God has a plan for my life and I'm not going to live in defeat. Amen? And so I want you to live in that same mindset. Okay? So God will lead us through triumph through Christ Jesus. And I'm going to read it to you again. 2 Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. I'm going to give you just a little, just a little thing on that, okay? So what it, it, the concept is this. So back in that day, when the Romans or the Greek armies would defeat an enemy army, they would bring the armies, the king, uh, of those people from the enemy, and they would bring them to a procession. They say, look, we have conquered their king. We've conquered their armies. And they would proceed them and say, listen. But in this case, Paul is saying, hey, listen, it's the opposite. Jesus has now delivered us. He's bringing us as a procession before the enemy. You're not getting that. All right. It's, so this is a victory parade that Jesus is saying, I'm bringing them because now they're free from you, Satan. I'm parading them in front of you because they are free in me. And so you need to say, all right, I am free in Christ. Amen? All right, so the the eighth thing. I know we don't like this concept. This is a bad word in some places. I'm free from ignorance. I am free from ignorance. For Christ, uh, 1 Corinthians one thirty. for Christ Jesus is made unto me wisdom from God. So here, can I, I'm going to just, I'm going to put you on the hook, okay? You can no longer say, well, I didn't know. I didn't know that was in the Bible. I didn't know that God had answered. You, you can't even say that anymore. Sorry. Because I'm going to stand before God one day. And if I don't try to preach the whole counsel, if I don't try to bring the whole word to you, I am going to be in trouble. And the word of God, see, you and I, you can do it at work, you can do it at home, you can do school. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know. And can I just tell you, as a, as a boss, if I've told an employee something, and none of our current awesome staff do that now, but in the past I've had some, well, I didn't know. I said, no, I, remember that little contract you signed? Right there. You should do this. I didn't know. Isn't that your signature? Yeah. Did you not read that? Yeah. So this is the thing. You don't have to be ignorant in God and in His ways. And this is why you and I need to read the Word. We need to pray. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit because check this out. For Christ Jesus is made unto me wisdom from God. Okay, so would you agree that God knows everything? He has all knowledge. Right? So why would we not tap into God because He has all knowledge? And go through life, keep trying to do our own thing or trying to solve problems when it very clearly says, James 1.5, If any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all, listen, 
without finding fault and it will be given. I know sometimes as parents, I know sometimes as bosses or teachers, you know, sometimes like, have you ever been to the class where you had a bully professor? Are any of you a bully professor? Don't raise your hand. You know, and you're like, well, I've got five doctorates. You're just a loser in my class. And like sometimes you'll ask a question at, at, at work or in the school or, or whatever. And they're like, are you ignorant? Um, that's why I'm in this class because you have all knowledge supposedly and I'm learning from you a great one. Don't do that. Well, maybe you should. But, um, but see, God doesn't do that to you. Oh man, God, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And they, really? Are you that dumb? Yes, God, I really am that dumb. Can you help me? And it doesn't, it doesn't say he's going to beat me. What's wrong with you? It says he will gladly give me wisdom. Amen. Come on, amen? amen. He is the one, cause you know that old saying, I know some of you don't like the word stupid anymore. Um, the only stupid question is the, ne- the question is what? Never asked. And some of you don't want to ask God questions because you're afraid. Ask Him. It says in James right there, 1, 5, write it down. He gives generously to all without finding fault. You should be cheering right now. Declaring your liberty in Christ Jesus. Amen. Number 9, I am free from sin. I am free from sin. For the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. Now, you are, you need to read Romans 6 at your homework. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Romans 6 is that... We are set free from sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. We still sin. We still make mistakes. But it doesn't control us anymore. Come on, amen? you got to be free from that. So if the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin, it has no more power over us. It has no more effect on us. And when you ask God forgiveness, you are forgiven. There's only two people that remember that sin, you and Satan. And the devil's going to remind you all the time and your guilt and your condemnation. But Jesus died on the cross to free us. So today is your declaration of independence. Say, I am not a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Doesn't mean you'll never sin. Now, by the way, as a pastor, um, so if someone tells you, I never sin anymore, you need to run from that person. I haven't sinned since i gotten saved. Run from that person. That's not biblical. You're still going to sin, but your old nature is not like that anymore. Because we're humans. We make mistakes. You have issues. I have issues. But... You're not, you're no longer under that anymore. Amen? Alright, number, um, number 10. I'm on 10, right? Number 10. Alright? Uh, I am free from worry. Oh, we love to worry. I mean, if there, there's things not to worry about, I will find something to worry about sometimes. Come on, right? Some of you shake your head and say, I don't worry. That's awesome. You are awesome. Thank you for that. Help us who do make things up. So, 1 Peter 5, 7, for, uh, for I am to cast all my cares on Him. Cast your cares on Him. Do not be anxious about anything. Come on, put it to God. So we worry about our job. Give it to God, right? We worry about our salvation. Well, you don't need to worry about that. You're saved. Well, Pastor Stan, I can walk away. You sure can, but don't walk away from God. Why would you do that? Um, we worry about our children. Man, I know that as a father. Give them to God, amen? We worry about our bills. Give them to God. Uh, we worry about our church. Give it to God. We worry about our nation. Give it to God. Come on, amen, or nations. We worry about the economy. Definitely give that to God, all right? Whatever you worry about, give it to God. Say, God, this thing is wearing me out. It's it's making stress in my life. I'm going to give it to you, okay? Number 11, all right? I'm free from bondage. For this, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Jesus can give you and I freedom from any bondage. And you know, we don't like that concept. Again, the children of Israel were in bondage for hundreds of years. 
God finally sends Moses. He delivers them out of Egypt. Remember this? You, this is a true story. They're in the desert. They're free. And remember, the, the Pharaoh said, you are now going to make bricks without straw. You're going to find... He beat them. And then when they're out in the desert, it's a little hot now, right? There's not food all around. What did they say? I wish we would go back to Egypt. Really? Yeah, at least we got beat there and we knew it was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So they had to actually, so they're out in the desert. They're free from that, but they wanted to go back to that. So there's, there's this thing in the human nature that sometimes we have this, we get freed of a bondage. We get freed of something controls, but yet there's this longing to kind of fall back to it because it, for some odd reason, it's normal and it's a, it's a bad normal. Okay. Bondage from the devil or sin, uh, or from the ways of the system, world system are bad, but we are free from that. Come on, you're free. And some of us in this room, we are still in bondage to life controlling habits or negative thoughts or, or de- whatever it is. And you gotta remember, Jesus can set you free. You can say, today, I declare my independence from bondage. Come on, you can do that. I say, I can do that. God wants you free. He does. But you have to believe in Him. You have to declare yourself free of that. Alright, we good? Number 12. Number 12. I am free. I am free from condemnation, for therefore there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans that, okay? So what this means is you are no longer condemned. Maybe you grew up, I grew up in a church that, I mean, we, we, we heard the King James Bible. God, thank God for that, you know? But that wasn't the first Bible written. That wasn't the first translation. The first Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek, and later it was translated in Latin, the Septuagint, and then later it was translated. The King James Bible is a ninth translation. Some of you think, well, King James Bible, Paul and Jesus used it. No. English didn't even exist back then. Come on now. And so why I grew up in church, it was King James only. I mean, that was what some of our uh, advertisement, soul-winning King James only. I'm thinking, yeah, people are beating down our door, getting to our church because it's King James only. None of you speak in King James English anymore. Right? Yes, I do, Pastor. I thus speaketh every day. No, you don't. Okay? You don't do that. But here's my point is this. Okay? Guilt and condemnation are two different things. Now, the word guilt in this context is conviction. You are no longer condemned. Okay? God is not a condemning God. He will condemn us if we continue to rebel. At the end of the time, when he says, time's up, game over, this is it, people will be condemned or rewarded. You want to be on the rewarded side. You want to be on the rewarded side. You don't want to be condemned for living in sin and rebellion, okay? However, therefore, if you're in Christ, there is no more condemnation. So guilt is this. The Holy Spirit warns you about something. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Or when you do something wrong, you're like, that was wrong. So that's guilt. Okay, that's that's conviction. Does that make sense? Condemnation is now the devil says, see, you're a loser. You said that to them. You did that against God. You're going to die and burn in hell because God doesn't love you anymore. That is condemnation. That is not from God. Say that is not from God. Okay, now... Going back to my church I grew up in. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love some. I love the Bible. I love that. But sometimes it's a little legalistic. Some of you still have that legalistic... And and please don't get me wrong. God is holy. God is just. God does deal with our sin. But if that's the way it was, we would all, as soon as we made our, our way to Jesus, we'd all die immediately and go to heaven. 
God has set us free to help other people be free. God has set you free so you can enjoy life while you're on this earth. Amen? There's no more condemnation. Condemnation is from the devil telling us that we are worthless and that we'll be destroyed by God. Again, you need to read John 10.10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give life and give it more abundantly. Amen? You doing good? All right, number 13. I know I'm just throwing these out, but I want you to get these. I want you to declare these this week sometime. Number 13. I am free from discouragement. Oh man, do we ever get discouraged? Come on, everyone gets discouraged. I am free from discouragement because there is encouragement in Christ. Let me read to you Philippians 2, 1 and 2. 4. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Again, so there's, again, power and unity. We'll talk more about that next week if I can ever get back to that series, um, The Way of the Warrior. But I'm free from discouragement if I'm living in purpose, if I'm living in God's plan. And that is, again, I know the world keeps pushing us away. We were made to live in community. We were made to live in some kind of a family unit, whether it's a spiritual family, your earthly family, uh, but we were made to live in community. Okay, so we get discouragement when we live away from from living with other people. Uh, somebody's saying, no, Pastor, you don't understand my family. I get discouraged from being with my family. Then you need to adopt a new family. Okay, the family of God. Well, Pastor Dan, Christians are the worst people. No, we're not. Some of us are, but not all of us. You can find bad people everywhere. You might as well come to church and be delivered and say, God, help us all. Come on, amen? And say, God, help us to unite in purpose. And we are seeking Christ. So so don't give me your excuses because we all have them. We all do that. But we can be encouraged to fall in Christ. Number 14. Well, this kind of falls in line. Number 14. I am free from aimlessness. As the goal of my instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So Paul tells Timothy to have a good heart and be sincere because faith is passed on to him. So if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, faith is being passed on to you. You do not live an aimless life. Now, I remember um, when I graduated from high school, I went to college trying to be a microbiologist. I flunked out and I had a, my first semester at college at university at a 1.00 grade point average. I'm a loser. I mean, I know it, okay? But no, I, I got, so I was like, okay, well, I went back, as I prayed, I talked to my pastor, I talked to people, I, man, and, and in this whole time, God was calling me and stirring me, and I'm like, man, Lord, what am I supposed to do? So I tried to go back to college, I went to the community college in my town, got back into the biology track, going to microbiology, things just didn't work out, so, uh, my car was hit on a snowy day, and my car was totaled, and I'm like, okay, so I could have given up. I was like, well, I don't know. So I was, I was like, I was talking to my brother. I'm going to join the Navy. I'm joining the Air Force. My dad was in the Army for 21 years. My brother was in the Navy. He said, Stan, don't join the Air Force or Navy, military. It's fine, but you have something different in your life. My brother, non-Christian, said this to me. Don't do that. It's not what you're called. It's not really what you're going to do. Don't do that. So here's the thing about Christianity. Some of us, we get in this place where I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not sure. But you don't have to live an aimless life. There's times when you're searching. God, help me, help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. And that all happens. And sometimes later in life, it's like, am I really called to do this? Am I really there? We don't have to live an aimless life, though. We could say, okay, God, there's purpose. Timothy had purpose. Paul had purpose. All of us have purpose. Come on, amen? So you don't have to live an aimless life. And more importantly, for all of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, 
Romans 12, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before Him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, some of you don't tell me the World Cup score. I know some of you are checking the score right now. I'm praying a virus hits your phone right now. Uh, okay, I'm just kidding about that. Um, but, but you think about that. I mean, so people go to football games, concerts, plays, and the people surround them and they're cheering them on. I, I don't know if you've ever competed in a sport or you've been a musician and you've felt the energy of the crowd. It, it's exciting. No? Uh, let me just tell you, it is. And then when the crowd is really quiet, especially if you're a musician, and they're all like looking at you like, like, uh, am I hitting the right notes? Uh, am I doing anything? And so here it is in, in heavenly realm. There are those who've gone before us and they're in heaven. They're cheering us on. You think sometimes, oh, I'm the only one going through that. I'm the only one. We all do that. Come on, right? But there are those in heaven saying, no, you can do this. You can make it. They're cheering you on. Just like some of you are cheering on or not cheering on. Whoever you're cheering on, the other team, whatever, whoever they're from. Don't cheer on the other team. Cheer for the United States today. Just today, okay? All right? So you and I can live in purpose. We can establish my purpose, but also the purpose is to help others find Jesus Christ. That is the purpose of the church. One of our statements we say at this church is to know Jesus and to make Him known. Our goal is to know Jesus and make Him known. So we have to say, all right, there are those who've gone before me and there are going to be those who come after me, but I'm going to run the race set before me. Come on, amen. Here we go. All right, I'm, I'm getting down. I really, I'm getting close to the end. All right, number number 15. I am free. I'm free from the tyranny of want as the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I have everything I need. Now, we are affected or injected with what I call affluenza. Affluence, influenza. So I put it together. I've conjunctinized, okay? I've com- made a compound word, all right? So nothing wrong with being affluent. Nothing wrong with wanting stuff. Come on, right? But the problem is, how many coats do you need? How many pairs of dress shoes do you need? Well, I need one for every day. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But 20 pairs of dress shoes? Well, it matches this purse. It matches this belt. It matches... Okay, okay. All right, I'll give you that. All right, all right. But we are told in this society, we need more, right? You need... I mean, I, I look at my life... I look at my parents' life. I have a lot more than my mom and dad ever dreamed of having. And I'm more stressed out sometimes about it, right? Because the world tells me, oh, that, that car is okay, but you need this car. That jacket's good, but you need... That security system's okay, but you need this one. That cup of coffee's okay, but you need this cup of coffee, right? We're always told you need it, right? You need it, Right? Credit cards love for us to do that. We need, you need that. You need that. So we can be free. Listen, we can be free of the tyranny of want because the Lord is my shepherd. Come on, this is awesome. He wants to take care of you. He will take care of you. But the world tells us you can have it all. You deserve more. And yes, sometimes you don't do, but we don't want to fall into this affluenza. Alright, you get it? Do you understand that? God can deliver us that because it it is counter to Jesus. 
Everything we need is in God. Amen? He gives you the ability to learn. And again, there's nothing wrong with having and wanting. Nothing wrong with a vacation. Nothing wrong with nice stuff. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But when it becomes your idol, that's when the problem is. Come on, amen? So number 16. Here it is. Here's this important. Again, I know I'm kind of... Sounds like a repeat. I am free from the tyranny of sin. I am free from the tyranny of sin. Again... Sin is a cruel taskmaster. It will ruin your lives. It'll take you for places you don't want to be. It'll make you spend money on things you don't want to spend. It'll keep you up late at night and make you do things and think things that you should not think because it's a, it's a cruel taskmaster. But Jesus Christ has set you free from that. You don't have to be. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. My family, we have a predisposition to this. Here's what I always say about that. It could be there, but Jesus through Paul says, 2 Corinthians 5.17, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is past. The new has come. You are new in Christ. You don't have to live in the past. You don't have to be in fear of that tyrant of sin. This is your homework. You need to read Romans chapter 6 this week. Don't read it right now. Read it this week. Romans chapter 6. Alright? What, what, what book you're supposed to read this week? There it is. Thank you. That's your homework. There will not be a test on it tomorrow or next week, but there will be a test on it when you meet God. All right? You're responsible. But through Jesus, you don't have to be enslaved to the tyranny of sin. Number 17. I am free. I am free from the control of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the lust of pride because my love for the Father supersedes it all. Okay, now, here's what I'm going to say. I know this is not politically correct anymore. I know we're, we're, we're living in a time where we can say, well, I'm not responsible for it. I just can't help it. You're not an animal. You're not a dog. You are able to be free. Now, I know there are some things that are hard. I get it. But through Christ, you can be free. Amen. Go to a counselor if you need to. Pray, fast, talk to other people. Find answers. There's nothing wrong with that. If the doctor says you need to take medicine, then take medicine. The counselor says you need to do this, then do that. But you can be free of that. Okay? Or if God might deliver you, that happens too. But seek that out. But don't ever say, I just can't help it. It's just just the way I am. God says, you can be free of that from the lust of, of the flesh, the eyes, and pride, okay? First John 2, 15-7, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of, the, of his eyes, the boasting of what he has done, comes not from the Father, but from the world. World and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So in other words, again, through that concept... You don't have to be a slave to your flesh or to the world system. I can't help it, Pastor Jen. I can't help it. My family's always done that. Again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Well, Pastor Stan, it says in the Old Testament that the sin will be on uh, the third and fourth generation. That's not really what it means as a curse. It says the habits of that family could last for three or four generations if they're not dealt with. That's what that really means. You want to argue about me? Meet me outside and we'll look through the Hebrew at 2 a.m. this morning. If I'm not there, then take the Hebrew Bible. And by the way, if you didn't know that, then start from the other side. So like from, uh, so it, English people, you know, in England, uh, in, in English speaking nations, oh, I'm English terrorists. Well, in America, oh, I'm terrorists. Okay. We generally read the book from the right to left. Okay. In Hebrew, you start from the back and Korean too, right? 
All right. If I'm wrong, you can correct me. At 2 a.m. in the parking lot. I'd love to talk about that. So you can be free from the control of the flesh. The world, I can't help it. No, I was born that way, but you can be freed from that. Amen? That's good preaching. So again, declare it. Number 18, I am free from fruitlessness. What? You're not, not being fruity. Fruitlessness. As I know that whatever man sows, he will also reap. So that let us not become weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good to all men. Does it see that? It doesn't say black men, white women, or let's be good to Republicans or Democrats or Africans or Asians. It says to all people. Do you get that? Well, Pastor Stan, you don't understand. They did this to my family, but you can still be good to them. You don't have to keep on that bondage of badness. Come on, I know badness is not a good word there, but that's just, I'm trying to give the gospel today. I'm trying to give you biblical concepts. I know I'm just flying through this, but here's what I'm saying. You and I can live a fruitful life. Of course, you're going to reap what you sow. If, can I, let me just help you, friends. If you're mean to all your coworkers and neighbors and you don't have friends, there's a reason. And let me tell you what it is. Stop being mean. I don't have any friends. Then try to be friendly. Smile at people. Say hi. Do something for them without wanting something back. Well, that's a thought. In America, no, I do something for them to do something for me. No, just do it because you love Jesus. Come on, amen. Just do things because it's the right thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Be good because God is good. Come on, amen. Just just do it for the sake of Jesus Christ. Sow goodness and you'll receive goodness. Thank you. Some of you wonder why things don't work out. you got to just... You gotta sow. And sometimes it takes years and decades, but you just gotta keep doing the right thing for the right reasons. And in time, you're gonna see a great reward. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe in the future, I don't know. But I know in our world, I know you and I, we get discouraged. But let's keep doing, because if you sow bad seed, you're gonna get bad fruit. Don't be surprised when you cut off your boss all the time, you call him a jerk, and you're bad-mouthing, and all of a sudden you get fired. Well, I'm the best employee. No, because you're bad-mouthing everybody. You're call- no, you're not the best employee. I'm just telling you. Something like, well, because we live in a world, well, I tell that boss out. Well, then be the boss. I'm better than a boss. Then, then start your own company. See how that goes. Some of you might do well. Maybe that's what you need to do. But you gotta sow good seed because if you go into starting a company sowing the same seed you did at the company that got fired, your company's gonna go just theologically helping you out there, right? Anything. God wants Christians to bear good fruit, but good fruit comes from good seed. Doing good acts. Not for salvation, but just because that's the way we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're living that way. Number 19, we're getting down to the end. Woohoo! 19, I'm free from all needs. Pastor Stan, you keep talking about that. I'm free from all needs. All needs, not just finances, not just your daily needs, but Second Peter 1, 3-4, His divine power has granted me, granted to me everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who calls us by His own glory and excellence and His precious and magnificent promises. His divine power, again, oftentimes in the New Testament, when you see the word power, it's dunamis, means miraculous power. Not every time, but 99% of the time, when you read the New Testament and you see the word power, it often means, specifically when it's talking with God, miraculous power has granted to me everything. And when you read the word everything in the Bible, it means everything. Okay? So, everything needed, listen, everything needed 
pertaining to life and godliness to the true knowledge of Him, speaking of Jesus, okay? So I am free from all needs. All I need is God. Now, you do need to pay your bills. You need to be nice. But God will help you in those things by connecting to Him. Again, we declare our, our interdependence on God, our dependence on God, but we can be free from the world system. Amen? 21, here we go. Woohoo! You're, we're getting down to the end. Worship team would be awesome if you'd come right now. Number 20, I am free... I am free from inadequacy as He makes me adequate as a servant of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. So you and I, we do. We beat ourselves up. I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible this and that. I'm inadequate. And yes, absolutely you're inadequate, but God makes you adequate. Say, God makes me adequate. Don't let your feeling, and I'm talking to myself, don't let your feeling of inadequacy discourage you. Because if you look again through the narrative of the Bible... Moses was, man, he, 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 he stuttered. Moses killed people. David was an adulterer. But God still worked in spite of their inadequacies. Paul, he was a terrorist, taking Christians and killing them. But God took over that inadequacy. Aren't you glad for that? Don't live in your inadequacy. Don't say you're nothing when you are everything through Christ and Christ has given His life for you. Okay, come on. Yes, keep humble. Keep seeking God. But be confident in who God is. Be competent in God. Amen? Number 21, as you're standing and writing this down, I am free. I am free from a a shortage of blessings. I am blessed. You can stand after you write it down. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now this is huge. Okay, again, we often think of blessings as money, position, possessions. This is bigger than that. Come on, stand with me this morning. This means that every spiritual blessing that Christ has, because we are now children of God, we are now co-heirs with Jesus, that blessing is for us. And so you don't have to walk around, I'm nobody, I'm nobody. No, you are a child of God. You are a son and a daughter of God. You have been brought into the family. Remember I talked about that? Maybe your earthly family was a mess. Now you can be adopted through Christ into a godly family, a heavenly family. Do we have issues? Oh, yes, we do. But every blessing in Christ will help us. Stop looking at what you don't have and start looking at what you have in Christ Jesus. And I'm talking to myself because the world says you need this, but no, I really need Christ. Every spiritual blessing is in God. Amen? And God wants to bless us so we can be a blessing. That's really what it's about. It's not just to bless you to bless you. And you can enjoy those blessings, but it's a blessing to you to be a blessing to others. So, Father, today, help us to declare our independence from Satan, from sin, our flesh, from the world system, and declare that we are free through Christ Jesus, that we are totally dependent on you, but you give us life, you give us liberty, and you give us a real happiness, not from things, but through a spiritual blessing of being a child, a son or daughter in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, you want us free of ourselves, free of faulty thinking, free of the world system, free of tyranny, free of things that control us and destroy us. And you want us free. So today, Stan Nelson declares that I am free from this world. I'm free from my own failures. I'm free from my inadequacies. I'm free from Satan. I'm free from sin. I am a child of God. 
And I pray that everyone in this room declares this today, that sometimes we just need to be reminded of the promises of God. We need to be reminded of the purpose of God. We need to be reminded of the power of the Word of God. And so, Lord, help us. Help us today in the name of Jesus.